Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. Get in zone, So what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hey everyone, it's Paige Renee, and welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. And Amanda, we've actually had some busy weeks. You were in Florida for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I was just in Vegas uh, for a charity outing for the ACMs. I kept wanting to call it the AMCs, and I was like, wait, that's a movie theater? <laughs> like, that's not what it is? Uh, but the Country Music Awards, which was uh, really fun. So we raised a lot of money, got to listen to some great country music. Do you like country? A lot of people were, like, on the fence about it, if they like it or if they dislike it. You know what? I didn't like it growing up. I never listened to any country music. And then going to college in Florida, that was pretty much all people listened to, and I got really into it. And I I still listen to it a little bit like Florida Georgia lines about as country as I get but um I do I do like it did you have a great time though in Vegas it looked like it was amazing it was fun it was so much fun um but I don't know if you've had to do this before where you're invited to hit shots for people and it can be really stressful at times because they'll like introduce you and like, oh, like she played professionally. I'm like four years ago. <laughs> like, Don't say that anymore. But I'll like go up and it's like you have so much pressure on you to pull the shot off because when they're like paying you, they want you to hit a good shot. And I was with this one group and I missed the, sh I just missed my target. It wasn't that bad of a shot. I just missed it. And this guy goes, oh, I thought you were supposed to be good. Aren't you a professional? <laughs> and then I was like, a jerk. You used to be. And then he goes to his buddy and they're standing right next to me. And he goes, $20. She misses the target. <gasps> and... I then like buckled down, I hit the target and I looked back at him and we laughed, but I'm like, why do you guys have to do that? They do that all the time. Anytime that I do events like this, where it's like, I have to hit a shot for someone, I miss hit a shot. That is like the go-to, like, oh, I thought you were good. I'm like, bro, you can't break 150, okay? <laughs> you can't get it airborne. But besides that, it wasn't bad. <laughs> That's just, that's just not necessary. Like they should just, you know, be grateful you're even there or that they even got into the event. Cause I mean, those events aren't that easy to get into, especially in a place like Vegas when you have a big event like that going on. So that's just ridiculous. But besides that, it was so much fun. Um, 
they had so many performers come up and it, you were actually like really close to the stage and like it was amazing like Luke Bryan was there and so many other people so I had a good time but it's the, the Vegas is a weird place I'll just say that like every time I go in I enjoy it but I'm like I can only spend a day there I can't do multiple days I don't know how people like go out until three yeah. four in the morning I went to bed at like nine and I'm like, this is not how you're supposed to like do Vegas, but I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. I can't, I can't party like mm-hmm. I used no, to. No, I'm, I'm like a in bed by eight o'clock kind of person. I'm just ugh. like once actually usually like once it hits six o'clock, like once golf coverage is over, I'm ready to get into bed. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how I used to do it. I used to have so much energy. I went out about a month ago. I'm still scarred by it. And they had jello shots. And I oh was gosh. just pounding jello shots like I was back in college. I woke up the next morning Uh-oh. and I felt like absolute garbage. <gasps> I thought I was gonna die. I was laying in bed and I'm like, I I might actually just like pass away. Like I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be deceased. Like I was dying. Yeah, and I'm like, how sugar. did I used to do this in college? I, know. I noticed that like once I hit my mid-20s, I was like wow, I get hangovers now. And now that I'm, I've just entered my later twenties, I'm like, yep, this is why I don't drink. Like the one time every six months I get wasted. I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't do it anymore. Forgot about that. I would always get the worst hangovers, even in college. I'm sending you this picture <laughs> of me the night or the, the morning after the jello shot night. Okay. Just, just tell me how rough I look. <laughs> because ah, that's so it's, funny <laughs> your eyes you look like you look like you don't want to be alive I mean you do look like you wanted to pass away I, I do like the water bottle the chilled water bottle on the forehead cover like almost covering <laughs> the eyes that just are defeated you mm-hmm. just, you're ready for it yep. to end but I think that's I mean like you got a lot of followers on Instagram doing what you do but you could do like hangover Instagrams now. I think, yeah, there you go. That's your thirst trap right there. Yeah, I think the Christmas jammies really puts it over the top. I was about as to well. say, you look like one of those like fancy preppy families that lives in Nantucket over the summer. <laughs> yeah, no, after that, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to drink for a long, <laughs> long time. But enough about my drinking adventures. How was Florida? Florida was good. It was nice to see people I haven't seen in a while. Uh, The weather was great. Like that course is just incredible. The rough was so thick. On Tuesday, I did that video where I dropped the ball in the rough. It was four inches. They were like, yeah, we're not going to mow it. I was like, good luck. And then, you know, come Saturday, Sunday, it was tough. The guys couldn't get out of the rough. So I just, I think, um, you know, Bay Hill is just, it's an incredible venue. I personally love a golf tournament where things change so much on Saturday Mm -hmm. and even Sunday, just the back nine where you actually don't really know who's going to win. So I think it's just, it was just a perfect test of golf and it was fun. Like I said, great weather fun to you know run into people nice to meet new people like I had a major champion come up and tell me um how much he enjoys what I do and it, it just like it just made me feel really good and it's like okay so you know I, you know people like it people notice that I'm different and you know some people enjoy it so that, that's always really nice that feels really good well that's awesome any drama any any juicy <laughs> conversations I'm sure you all heard a lot of chatter about I obviously did. Phil and you know what was going on with all of that 
Yeah. So the main thing I heard with Phil was like, what was he thinking? Like people are like, I can't believe he said that. Like it's one thing to think it. And I was kind of surprised. Like I thought a lot of people would kind of be like, oh, it doesn't matter. He can say whatever he wants. But a lot of guys on tour were like, I can't believe he said that. And even like writers, I can't believe he said that. So that was just part of it. And then you kind of move on to the other part of it with Alan Shipnuck a lot of these guys, he's radioactive to them. They don't want to talk to him. And like, it bums me out because I do like Alan a lot as a person, but like, I also get it. Like these guys aren't going to go to Alan anymore. <laughs> these guys aren't going to tell him much. So um, I think him being with Fire Pit Collective right now is probably like the best for him because like, yeah. they don't care. It's, you know, an ex-Golf Channel employee and, you know, a bunch of other random people. So I think that he'll be just fine in his career. Like, I don't think it's going to affect his money uh the way it kind of affected phil's but yeah it was it was interesting like that's the chatter that i can share like the other chatter was i mean there's a lot of insane stuff going on behind the scenes but it was just i don't know it was it was interesting to finally hear it in person rather mm -hmm. than the twitter version of everything and everyone's secondhand account so it was nice to kind of be in the middle of it finally yeah i mean i can see it from the player's perspective where it's like one thing that you say can literally ruin yeah. your entire career. And I mean, I think most of them are smart enough to know what to say and what not to say, but you do, you get caught up in an interview or in a moment and you're just, you know, having a conversation and then you take a step back. You're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that or maybe that wasn't the best thing. And even sometimes I do that on this podcast where I'll just be talking and I'll say something, <laughs> but luckily it's like, I can either edit it out or I'm like, well, we'll just, let's see what happens. <laughs> not that bad and then it's like on new york post like page sprague doesn't wear underwear and you're like yeah i should take that you. one out you sneeze in new york post is like oh my gosh we have to write about it i'm surprised they don't have like an entire page column separate from a sports column like amazing they don't have page columns inside the sports but then just their own they, it's like everything you do they write about uh, and people are like are you paying them and i'm like Absolutely not. <laughs> I literally don't want those headlines out there. Uh, but it's it's nice that they're supportive of everything that we do and say. But yeah, I mean, I can see why the players have to be really careful about that and who they want to talk to and who they don't want to talk to. I do think, though, it puts reporters in a very difficult position because they're supposed to do their jobs. And at times you have to give harsh criticism or you have to say certain things that, I mean, everyone else is thinking. And it's like, where do you draw the line? Are we... Are they supposed to cater to the athletes or are they supposed to just do their job really well? I, I think it's really difficult to be a reporter these days. And I feel like sometimes maybe players can be a little bit too sensitive when it comes to what's being said about them and what's being out there. I think, you know, obviously you need to be very careful about things you say, but there are certain things that I feel like they get upset about that it's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't get that upset about. And I've been on the other side where people have written things about me that honestly weren't all that bad, but since it's about you, you take it so personally. And I would always get really upset about it. Now thinking back, I'm like, eh, I was kind of a baby. You know, it really wasn't all that bad. And what they were saying was actually truthful. So I don't know. It, it is interesting. Do you wish that reporters had more leeway to be able to talk about whatever they want to talk about or write about whatever they want to write about? Or do you think that they have to respect the players and, you know, be, I guess, PC? You know what? It's up to the reporters. Like Alan Shipnuck has never really tried to appease anyone. Alan's just always written what Alan wants to write. Like, I don't really think he cares if people don't like him. Yeah. And those are, you know, people that actually kind of, you know, do really well in this business because 
you know, the players might not like them, yeah. but you know, they're, they're being honest, you know, remember with, you know, golf magazine, putting out top club fitters or whatever. And it was whatever true spec. And it's like, well, you guys are owned by the same company. Like how <laughs> accurate is that? Um, and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, if you put a Nicholas course up top, well, in your rankings, well, you guys are, you know, 8am, you're a Nicholas yeah. company. So there are things like when, you know, reporters should be able to report stuff accurately. Like this mm-hmm. is the best club fitter because of X, Y, and Z, not because we own them. Um, but at the same time, like it just depends. Like I'm in my career right now where there are more things I probably could say, and I just won't say it. And I won't, because yeah. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be involved with it right now. I just like let you know, let other people fight over it. Um, so it just depends what side you want to be on and how thick your skin is. Like my skin just isn't quite thick enough to, you know, always say what I think, but that's just where I am right now. Yeah. I I think you make some great points there and it's really, I think just up to, you know, they want to take the heat on both sides. I mean, the the players can say what they want to say and you're going to get heat regardless. And I think reporters, same thing too. I always, say if I if I can say it to their face then I will say it publicly if I see them and I dodge then I probably shouldn't have said what Mm -hmm. I said and there are definitely times that I have done that yeah but I also think too I'm like what have they said behind my back you know it probably evens out in some way or another so I think it's fine but Bay Hill was playing so incredibly difficult and Shane Bacon had this really interesting tweet he said He thought if you were a scratch golfer, you would shoot 88 or higher, a 7 handicap would shoot 98 or higher, and a 14 handicap would not finish, either have run out of balls or run out of sanity. And I almost think that a scratch golfer with those conditions and how it was set up would probably shoot in the 90s. I think it would be almost like a round of your life to yeah. break 90 on that golf course, especially when you said the rough is so thick. I don't think a lot of people actually understand how thick it really is compared yeah. to the rough that they play in mm-hmm. and then how difficult it is as well to get out of the rough. And then then you're in the fairway and it's like, okay, <laughs> now what? And the pins are so hard. The greens are so firm and fast. It was windy. It just was very, very difficult. What do you think about what he said? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it'd be interesting to do a case study and, you know, do 20 or hundred, um, you know, guys from one to 10 and handicaps and or zero to 10 and just kind of see how it goes. I think you'll have, you know, some of the better golfers and there'll be a decent amount of rounds in the high seventies, low eighties, but there are, there's going to be those guys that just go out, kind of have a meltdown and shoot set 95. So I think it, it would definitely be interesting. And just the way the course was set up this week, like the rough is not Florida rough. It is now I'm not sure. I never went back and looked to see if it was overseeded with rye, but I, like, I can't imagine it was bent grass. It looked like bent grass, but it, it, it was thick. Like it, it looked like the rough at Aronimic. Like when I, you know, so it, it was just tough. I think, you know, come Sunday, they, you know, the greens maybe could have been watered a little bit more, um, you know, heading into the final round because there were eight irons, nine irons that with a lot of spin on them that were still, you know, kind of going. And that's when in the, you know, with the U S open, when we say, okay, did the USGA lose the course? So obviously that what, you know, wasn't even close to that at Bay Hill, but that's kind of like, if, you know, that was Thursday at Bay Hill, like by Sunday that if that were a U.S. Open, people would have been like, oh my God, they lost the course because they just, it was, it was incredibly fast. You know, guys can't hold nine, eight irons. It's, you know, it is, it is really tough, but I just love when you don't know who's going to win. That's, that's when golf's really exciting for me. 
do you think that these guys are so good that they have to set the course up almost where it's unplayable yeah for them yeah so i mean we see that at majors and you're seeing shots that are great shots they're rolling off all the way down and the players are getting really frustrated with that but i almost feel like they have to play it or set it up that way to get these scores because these guys are so incredibly good even when you see the 28 under that's winning it's still a highly difficult golf course. Yeah. <laughs> it is so hard. Do you think that's fair for the players that they are put through such a test that it's almost not fair? You know, we don't want to see that every week, right? Because yeah. it's always it's the Rory's, it's the Hovlands, it's the elite players of the game. Tiger winning there eight times. You know, those are the players that do really, really well on these really tough tests of golf because they are the best in the world. You still need weeks like the Puerto Rico Open for guys like Brem <laughs> to go out and win. You know, you need these events where whoever puts the best, like whatever uh, Rom called it, the putting contest. Whoever can just make birdies is going to win like you need to have events like that but it that shouldn't be every week either you know you got to have the in-betweens you know we got to have weeks where it's single digits win we need to have weeks where in the teens win but I don't want every single week 23 25 under winning mm-hmm. like that's just ridiculous so we have Scotty Scheffler who won and he won at the Phoenix Open as well is he the best young player right now I personally when I think of the best young players in golf Scotty Scheffler is not the person that I like would think of, honestly. Yeah. But he's been consistent all year round Mm -hmm. so far, and he's always been in the mix. And do you think he's going to win a major this year? You know, before I answer the major question, when you say, you know, Scotty Scheffler's not the first one that comes to mind, it's because everyone's pushing like Colin Morikawa on you and everything. (laughs) And um, I... Agree. I think Scotty Scheffler, it took him a little bit longer to win than everyone thought, you know, coming off of the web.com tour onto the PJ tour rookie of the year, everyone thought that he was going to win last year. And, you know, we feel like he's been around for so long and now he just won two times in three starts at two very different golf courses. Yeah. One was a shootout and the other was such a difficult test of golf. And I think Scotty Scheffler is going to win a lot more. I think he's kind of quiet and has been overlooked, like I said, because it did take him a little bit longer to finally win that win for the a little bit longer you know just a little longer to win for the first time but I think also like Will Zalatoris he's kind of in that same boat that once he does like everyone made such a big deal about him he's still doing well but once he finally gets that first win I think there's going to be another one that probably is not going to take too long to come after that. We saw that with Victor Hovland. He's won three times in his last I think seven worldwide starts. He didn't win right away but when he did win he did really well and like Matt Wolf did win really early on and he's kind of faded and it's like the guys was kind of like you know they wait a little bit longer get that first win and then they get other wins subsequently so yeah Scotty Scheffler I do think he is probably going to win a major this year if if not this year then next year um I think he's 35 to 1 before he ended up winning yesterday um at the Masters so I'm really curious to see how the lines have changed on that but yeah I, I think he will win a major what about you I just never have the gut instinct to pick Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I don't I just, either. I just don't. Like, I didn't even look at his name for this week. And even at the Phoenix Open, his game fits that course perfectly. Yeah. He was obviously a good choice there. And I just never think of him. He just kind of is in my rear mirror. I don't ever think of Scotty Scheffler. Why do you think that 
people don't think of him. I mean, I feel like, like you were saying, like the media is always pushing Colin Morikawa or some of these other players, and they're really not pushing Scotty Scheffler's because he is more quiet. He doesn't gravitate towards the limelight. But then there's players like a Matt Wolf, who again, like we, that's all we talked about for such a long yeah. time. And it just feels like, you know, media kind of latches on to certain players and kind of forgets about others. And we even saw that, I would say, with Brooks Kepka. He was always trying mm-hmm. to, you know, get his name more in the press and he felt slighted all the time. Yeah, that was always weird. Yeah, he really wasn't in the discussion. I almost feel like that's happening with Scotty Scheffler. And I don't know if it's, because I don't know him well, if it's more of a personality where he just doesn't really want that. He just wants to play golf or just because he doesn't really have that like star quality that, you know, people can latch on to. Yeah, I don't know. It could be a mix of all that, but I think it's this kind of like tunnel vision that, you know, we see in the media and, you know, I am guilty of it too sometimes where it's like I latch onto one topic and that's all I want to think about. So you see the tiger effect, right? So during tiger's time as world number one being so dominant, you had Phil Mickelson, you had Ernie Els. There were a lot of golfers, Lee Westwood even now would have won more majors if tiger wasn't around to win those majors. So I think it's, People are paying attention to whoever's winning those tournaments. And Scotty Scheffler, like I said, he he didn't, you know, win as soon as everyone thought. And I think people kind of forgot about him when Will Zalatoris came on the scene. And yeah. Scotty Scheffler, he really is so young, but it just feels like he's been around for so long. And like you said, with um, Brooks Kepka, I think that's the Jordan Spieth effect because as Brooks Kepka was, you know, w- starting to win his majors, Jordan Spieth was you know, at the end of winning his majors that he's won so far. So I think there's just this, if there's someone else in your age group doing something incredibly well, everyone's looking at that. So Colin Morikawa, everyone's looking at Colin Morikawa. You know, he went out and he won twice last year, including a major. So that's, I think, just the guy that everyone's talking about. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you remember a few years, like 2018, when Sam Burns, Wako Neiman, and um, like Cam Champ, they all came out there. The big name was Cam Champ because he won all, like he won really quickly and he hit the ball so far. And then now look at Sam Burns and even Neiman. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Neiman too, everyone was like really hot on him. And then he didn't really win between, you know, 2019 and recently uh, a few weeks ago. And then, you know, now look at Sam Burns. He's cracked the top 10 in his career now. So he's, there's just this kind of like tunnel vision of looking at the guy who's the most sparkly at the time. Yeah. And kind of following him. So I think that's kind of part of it with Scotty Scheffler. Because he's in that weird age group. Like he looks like he should be with the 2011s. You know, he's, you know, used to live with Jordan Spieth, whatever. But he's really with like the Jack O'Neamans and the Colin Morikawa. So he's in a really weird group of just kind of like being. So that that's why I think he's not getting the recognition. But at the same time, it's like we talked about him so much last year. And nothing really happened. Yeah nothing. I mean, he just didn't win. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Scotty handles, I think, this new fame, the new pressure. I think that's something that we see a lot of young players like a a Matt Wolf, where Mm -hmm. he was thriving and it almost feels like the pressure got to him. And, you know, he said in interviews that it's just too much. Like, I need to step away from the game. It's not fun. And I'm sure all of that excess media pressure, people watching you, rooting for you and your game just not being there, it takes a toll on you. 
think a lot of players actually probably prefer to not be in the limelight and talked about all the time and to be winning because it's like they're going in with no expectations compared to guys like a Colin Morikawa or like even a Matt Wolf. Like even still, people continuously pick Matt Wolf and he's shooting in the 80s in tournaments. I know. So (laughs) it's like they just blow these guys. And and Cam Champ, another one too. People are still picking Cam Champ. I'm like, stop picking Cam Champ and Matt Wolf. It's not going to happen. Like, it's it's not a thing anymore. You need to move on past that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I just, I don't know. It's like we just have such magnifying glasses on these guys. And we're just watching everything they do. And it's golf is so cyclical. And, you know, we just kind of got to go with the ebbs and flows. And it's tough when, you know, you're not finishing in the top 10 every week. But, you know, guys that are still making cuts and they're kind of getting forgot about. So, you know, golf's tough, man. Golf is tough. That course was tough. It was. Some guys didn't even apparently made it out alive, and you barely made it out alive. I heard that you almost got hit by a car. I did. Well, I I almost got hit by a car while I was in my car. I'm driving out of Bay Hill, and I'm turning at the light, and I, I look in my rearview mirror, and I see a very famous player. I'm like, oh, it's cool. He must be staying down where I'm staying. So I'm going, I'm kind of driving and I'm the kind of person I kind of weave in and out of traffic. Like I, I don't cut people off. Like I don't do anything crazy. I just, if there's an opening to keep the traffic going, I'm just going to do it. Like I'm not going to just sit behind a car. So I'm weaving in and out of traffic. He's kind of weaving in and out of traffic too. And I'm like, damn, he drives like crazy person like me. So I get over in the right lane to let him pass me. Now he doesn't pass me. He's like for a solid five, six seconds, we're driving like nose and nose. Like he's kind of in my blind spot. And I had my window down and I guess he had his windows down and I could kind of see that he was looking my direction and I'm, you know, I'm driving. And then finally I Tur- I like look I turn my head and smile he is like his has his neck crane just staring at me from like the side of the car slams his brakes on like I guess he almost hit someone or something but it, it just was like it was just weird and then we get past like this next light and then he does this crazy u-turn where you can't u-turn and there's nothing to u-turn no hotels no shops nothing and then just goes the other direction so I don't know where he was going I don't know what he was doing but I mean I was flattered and then like a few days later on the range I had mentioned that to someone and someone's like oh yeah his caddy was telling me about that and I was like yeah so that SOB almost hit me, but I mean, it was, it was, it's a story to tell the grandkids. I mean, it's a good story. I don't have, I was trying to think about any stories that I had of like going to events and getting checked out by players. Nothing. I got really nothing. I, no, nothing. You just, you just probably don't realize it, but you also kind of hide. Like I That's kind very of am like, everyone kind of knows me. I'm just loud. Like you can hear me from a mile away and you, but you kind of hide. You're like, I would rather be not seen or not and not heard. Like you kind of, that might be part of it, but I'm, I'm sure it's not for lack of wanting to check you out. That's actually very true. When people see me at events or in public, they're, they're like, you are either like a raging bitch or you're <laughs> mad because I have like head down, like bitch face on. And it's mostly just kind of like really bad social anxiety. And I'm like nervous <laughs> and no one knows that. But I, yeah, I just get really nervous in like public places and especially at like PGA tour events. And I just like put my head down and I like kind of hide in little areas and I don't socialize. So maybe that's something I need to work on. 
we'll get you so like what you and I we're gonna have to do an event soon like go to an event whatever do something soon for the pod and I'll introduce you to a bunch of people and then you'll be like oh these people aren't so bad and I'll be like yeah they're really not that bad but a lot of guys are really cool yeah I think I just have a bad taste in my mouth from when mm-hmm. I first started all of this I guess and that's true. I think there was like some unfair rumors that were going around oh. about me and yeah. again I just felt so uncomfortable and I felt like yeah. they were talking about me in not a good way and so even now when I go out I just feel uncomfortable like I just don't oh. feel comfortable and I've met a lot of guys and they're all really nice um yeah but I still just have the blinders on head down do my work get out and I never socialize even with media members too I, I think I just go in and I yeah a lot of people in media like you like everyone in media <laughs> that came up to me and was like oh you're working with Paige they're like yeah I've met her once and she was really sweet and like I, you know I don't really know her but she was really sweet like there's no one that's like oh you you're working with Paige like I'm sorry <laughs> like even like all the you know all the guys that came up to me outside of media too everyone's like oh yeah I worked with Paige once she was really cool like no one had anything bad to say about you so well that's that's good yeah, no one was I, like i, I, I hate I, her <laughs> just I, mean, I feel like there's nothing to hate like i'm actually you know a very nice person i think and yeah. like easy to work with but i just have this like idea in my head that I'm like no one way. likes me and they like i'll go through like the media center and i'll just keep my head down because i'm like no one wants to talk to me no one likes me and it's like no you're stupid no one wants to talk to you because you have your head down I- your headphones in and you look like a bitch like of course no one would want to talk to you so that is that's my goals for this year I'm I'm the I'm the kind of person that like walks in the media center and like just stops, stands on the stage and is like, I need to scope out where everyone's desk is. So and so is here. So when he's not here later, I'm gonna take that desk. All right, and like scanning everything, figure out where the ice cream is. Like I had ice cream at 10 a.m. one day, and I had like 15 people walk up to me. And were like, good choice. I was like, hey, I do this normally, but thanks. Like the new. Okay, so we will have to go to an event together. You'll have to introduce me to everyone, and I will make an effort to be social for the first time in my life. The trick is we have to, you have to go to an event, and we'll do one where, like, everyone's kind of staying in the same hotel, because, like, this, you know, week with Disney, some people were in their family, some people were staying down by Disney. I was staying down by Disney. A lot of people were staying up by Universal, so I probably would have had, you know, more social fun if I were up by Universal, but, like, you know, you just hang out in the bar. Like that's, I think at the travelers, everyone was kind of in the same hotel for some reason. And every night just go down to the bar, hang out with players and caddies. And it's just a good time. Like everyone's just chill. I've never done that. Even when I've been at events, I will go to my hotel room or to room service and just Mm-mm. see, I can't, I can't sit in my room. Like I have, if I am somewhere, like I sit alone all the time when I'm like at home, like that's my at home routine. So when I'm out, like I have to be doing something like I can't just sit in a freezing hotel room with a comforter that's not thick enough and a television that doesn't have golf channel on it. Like I can't No, I gotta I gotta be doing something. Okay, so we'll pick an event. We we'll go together. We will. And we'll document everything. Yeah. You can make fun of me as I am getting like <laughs> nervous talking to people and going up to people. I have this worst habit of having no filter when I meet new people and I'm nervous. I love you though. And I'm like, hi, I'm Paige. Let's talk about my childhood trauma. And they're like, whoa, <laughs> what? We'll talk about other people's childhood trauma. We can talk about Phil Mickelson's <laughs> trauma or even my trauma from, so the volunteers last week were like, very strict and I told you there was like 
there were like these two ladies that were not very nice. We'll call them Karen and other Karen. And there's one day I go into this entrance that onto the range, which is the media entrance to get onto the range. Um, I'm good. It works out. Everything works. A few hours later, I go do the same thing. And they're like, literally grabbed me and were like, get, get out. And I was like, no, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. What are you doing? And they're like, no, get out. So I'm like, all right, whatever. And usually like the PGA tour is very, very strict about where you can go, where this is like, you see any of the badgers, like there, everything is, everyone has a place to go. So I didn't say anything. This is like Tuesday. So this, this is, these are the volunteers that were, you know, driving me nuts. I didn't say anything to the tour on Tuesday because I didn't really think anything of it. And I was like, whatever. So then Wednesday, I found this, I was like, Hey, I got it. You know, I need to do a show. I need to be out there by the range. They're like, you can, you can be out there. What do you mean? And I was like, okay, well, this lady yesterday was like, absolutely not. So, you know, the lady, the the girl at the tour was like, okay, so you're going to walk this way. There's another entrance. I guess she had thought I had gone in the wrong entrance, whatever. So she goes, there's another entrance. And I was like, okay. So I went into this other entrance walk in that way. Same woman yells at me. Oh, you're back. And all this like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like freaking out. So I'm like trying to calmly explain to her. And I'm like, listen, I just talked to someone with the tour. She said I can, and I'm like, and she like, wouldn't even let me get the words out to say like, would you like to walk with me to go talk to someone from the tour? Or like, I will bring someone with the tour. Like I, I, so, so this whole thing. And then this other guy jumps on me and they're yelling at me, whatever. So I go back to the media center and I'm crying embarrassingly enough. And um, not really crying, but I was a little teary eyed. And then one of the girls with the tour walked out and the lady sees us walking. Her face kind of turns white and she's like, I'm right here. Like she knew we were coming for her and she kind of apologized in her own like weird Karen way. Karen and way. I was like, whatever. Yeah. But it turns out that the entrance that I'd gone in the first time was the correct entrance. There had been like no communication between any volunteers and anyone. Like every time they change a shift, there was no communication. Like you can go here, you can go there, whatever. So finally we get that figured out. Um, <laughs> so like, it was just like, like, it was just the whole thing was ridiculous. Then we finally get that figured out. I'm using the, there's a restroom by the range. There were like, like the halfway house restrooms by the range. So I had been, you know, the volunteers had been giving me the key to go in there and stuff. Cause you know, I'm sitting out by the range. I'm just watching. Like I want to just yeah. kind of see what's going on. And about the third time I had to use the bathroom because you're not really sweating and your water's just kind of going through <laughs> you. So walk over there. I'm like in the restroom. Like I just unlocked it, went in there. Knock, 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 knock. You're not allowed in here. I'm like, I've been sitting there for two and a half hours, like basically in the same spot, going back and forth, grabbing the loofah with the room key or the restroom key on it to use that players and caddies only. And I'm like, okay, I've just used this bathroom like six times. First of all, mm. second of all, what? Like it was just, it was just, so then I'm like in the middle of like trying to pee. I can't pee, whatever. So I, whatever. So I peed and I was like, here you go. I'm done. Thanks. Like, it was just, oh, and like, they just, they were such, they just were very high on their horses. Now there were a lot of volunteers that were great. Like there were these two ladies in the parking lot that were so cute and so sweet. And I chit chatted with them every morning. And like these other ladies on the putting green were great, but it's just like, there's just certain people that are get very like high up on their, I am, I am keeper of the rope. 
and you shall not pass. And it's just like. Well, they get like a little taste of power that they've never had in their life before. And they take full advantage of it. I remember being at certain tournaments and, you know, the guys on the tee with their quiet sign and they're just like, shh. (laughs) It's like, bro. So loud. There's no one there. There's no golfers there. No one's there. No. And, and then they're like, you know, with their, they're like doing their things <laughs> with their, <laughs> the signs. And it's like, they're directing traffic. And it's like, he just hit it in the right rough. Like, yeah. they're going to be fine. And then you have the other volunteers who really just don't care at all. I know. And then they like, they're not doing their job of finding golf balls. They don't know where they are. And it's like, it's hard to find, obviously, good volunteers yeah. to do these events yeah and but the kids when they do their you know the kids hold the Fine. yeah standard bear standard bear there it is they take it so seriously and they're so good at it and i'm <laughs> like why can't everyone just be like be like that maybe kids should just volunteer i think they do yeah. a much better job i know people could just get like very high and mighty on stuff but like i said like i mean i've gone to countless tournaments month during my life and that was the only time i've ever had like run-ins with the volunteers where I was like would actually went back and said something to the tour because like you know I you know it was that bad because I usually was like whatever you know like I'll roll my eyes and just kind of walk away but like it was it was like okay they're just crazy I don't know they get really I've been doing this for 20 years you know we don't care it's the tour that cares and like the tour literally just told me to tell you to chill out maybe a little bit but I've been credentialed for one event Really? My entire career, yeah. That's, that surprises me, actually. It was the U.S. Open last year. And I didn't take advantage of it at all because I have a fear of being turned away from places. or know. not Knowing where to go. And so I had this pass that I could go anywhere, kind of do anything. And I'm, like, sitting up in the stands with, like, everyone else. Yeah. And I didn't even want to, like, venture onto the range. And I didn't want to, like, walk inside the ropes. I and I look and Riggs is, like, basically doing cartwheels in the fairway. I and I'm like, I, I need that level of confidence yeah. to, like, act like I belong here. And I, I didn't go anywhere that I wasn't supposed to go yeah. or, like, venture anywhere. I was so scared of doing something <laughs> wrong or, like, getting kicked out yeah. or, like, not going in the right place. And that's definitely a me thing. Like, I won't even walk through doors until I see someone open or push or pull because I get nervous. I don't want to, like, go and pull and it's a push, you know? Like, uh, I, I can't handle just that. Just need to follow me around. All right. So we're going to do the U.S. Open, the Open, because we have to go. You you have, we have to go to Scotland together. There's okay. no way I'm going to Scotland without you. Um, We'll do those two. And then I guess we can do the PGA Championship. Oklahoma could be interesting. We can go to the casino, all that stuff. So, okay, this will be interesting. I, yeah, I'm the kind of person I just confidently walk in every single direction. Like I have ended up in the weirdest places. Like at Liberty National, I somehow ended up in like the back of the kitchen. Like I was trying to walk through the caddy shack to go down and around to go to a bathroom. And I ended up in the back of the kitchen. And then they directed me away from that. And I, they were like, oh, the locker rooms are this way. They send me to the employee locker rooms that looked like they were fresh out of Caddyshack. You know, like metal lockers and like blue or uh, baby greens and baby pinks and like 70s, so 70s, like so not good. So I was like, all right. I mean, as long as you walk confidently, usually people don't say anything or, you know. No, that's that's my problem. I'm very... I, I'll like walk, but like, ah, 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 
I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or not. Okay. Like, I, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And they're like, your pass says you can be here. Yeah. Walk through it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't I, know. Are you sure? I, I'm not sure. Are you sure? And he's like, your pass says you can be here. I'm like, I don't think so. And I like walk away. <laughs> okay. So we'll have to do that. I'll have to get you one of those baby backpacks with like the um, leash on yeah. it. And I'll just like be Punching following you everywhere. When people like get too far away or like, no, I'm going <laughs> <to do> <laughs> I'll be like hooked to you the whole yeah. time. <laughs> we'll be hooked at the waist. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I do want to go to that I've never been to. Um, unfortunately, I won't get to go this year, but it's the players. And we have the players coming up, which I'm really excited about. And it is weird to think about that it's two years after basically the whole world shut down. And sadly, that was going to be the first players that I was going to attend. Yeah, I, I flew out there. The chain there. Spo- yeah, I was there on site. The Chainsmokers concert happened. Um, woke up the next morning and we're like, yeah, we got we got to leave. And so we left. And I didn't get to go to the tournament. I didn't get to do anything. I had like maybe less than 24 hours in Florida and then just just left. <laughs> I remember your tweet. I think you must have been flying out because you were like, yeah, one guy coughed on or one guy sneezed on the plane and everyone like looked and stuff like it just something to that effect. And like, it just makes me think when I think of chain smokers, like I think of your tweet because it, it was like, you know, like right after that. Are you going to the players this year? I'm not. We'll have to go next year. <sighs> have to go next year. Do you think it should be the fifth major? No. 
I don't really say I don't really like change like when they moved the PGA to May like that really bothered me like when they moved the players back to March that really bothered me just because I don't like change you know like when they got rid of the four playoff events that really bothered me because I don't like change (laughs) so no I mean it's it almost doesn't need the major distinction because it's just i mean it's 20 million dollar purse like three million going to the guy that wins it's a lot of money and also the thing that makes the majors so unique the four majors in the men's game is that they're all governed by different bodies right so you have the governing body at the masters which i mean they kind of like take people from other organizations but you know you have the masters and then you have the usga and the pj of america and the royal and ancient so i think that's what makes the majors so unique is because it's it's another representation of the game getting their chance you know so i think that's what that's what makes it interesting and it's like every single week that we're on the pga tour we basically get to see you know their you know i know that the players is their their marquee or their flagship um event but you know i mean they run they run most of them. i know they don't own every tournament or whatever there's a bunch of stuff that goes on there but you know it's like we see them with their rules and stuff every week so it is always nice to see other governing bodies, but what do you think? No, absolutely not. I don't know why it's always a discussion every single year. I know. It's like there's certain things with different tournaments where it's like you have to have the discussion, and for the players, it is definitely should it be the fifth major, and then everyone agrees that it shouldn't, and then we still argue about it the next year. Should it be a fifth major? And we all again agree that it shouldn't be a fifth major, and we just keep talking about it's the same thing when, you know, the Masters rolls around and everyone's posting the food and how inexpensive it is. And it's like, we know. We know. We've been seeing this for the last, like, how many years now? It's not changing. It's never going to change. We know what we're gonna buy for five dollars yeah. and it's going to be that literally same year every year mm. no i agree well, actually really so the, speaking of being afraid to go places the masters is the one event that i will not try to credential myself for because i just i'm too afraid of the rejection like i just that is so that's me being too afraid to try something I don't even know if I'm allowed to go to Augusta <laughs> after my master's towel that I did oh yeah last year yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know if I'm on the, you know, the band list for going to Augusta. If I wasn't last year, I will definitely be this year. So <laughs> we'll see. I might just try to like sneak in. Perfect. Yeah, you totally go unnoticed. <laughs> what? See, this is what's weird about me is that I will go and try to sneak in somewhere. Like the, the most stuffy, yeah. scary place in golf and then other places I'm actually credentialed. I'm like, oh, no way. I don't want to. Yeah. Not me. It's <laughs> like if someone starts with me, then I'll go and I'm like, okay, like, let's do this. Yeah. But if it's like there's no conflict, I'm like, I don't want involvement <laughs> at this at all. Um, but I'm excited for the players. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fun tournament. They're saying that they're gonna. there's going to be rain, so we're looking at not great weather. But what players are you liking? I actually I like Gary Woodland. I like Gary Woodland. I like Tyrrell. I like who else? Rory's unpredictable. I, I don't yeah. feel confident with Rory. <laughs> Is Scotty Scheffler going to win again? I don't know. Maybe. Good. <laughs> yeah, so this week, um, going into it, the three key stats are going to be driving distance. So Gary Woodland, Rory good on that scrambling not so much victor hovland but we did see him last week he did pretty good with that um and then par five scoring justin thomas won in 
playing those par fives and 14 under last year. So those are kind of the three things. So the guys with really good scoring, scram- par five scoring, scrambling, and driving distance. So look for those really long hitters. Jason Kokrak could actually do really well this week because he actually does those things pretty well. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I do like Jason Kokrak as a person yeah. too. I always like to root for him. He's a good time. I'm sure he is. Like anyone that's sponsored by like Betm or any of the uh, like sports books is, or hotels out in Vegas is probably a good time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, but we're not going to have Bryson. We're not going to have Bryson. Now, I didn't I say that? I said he's not yep. the last week. I said I don't think yep, he's you definitely that. not playing it. I just, I think he's going to probably try to just kind of show up at the masters. Like it wouldn't surprise me if you try to, you know, get a start in Texas and withdraw and then still show up at the masters <laughs> withdrawal on like Thursday. But yeah, I, I think the masters will probably be the soonest we'll see him, but it is kind of interesting that, you know, some of the golfers that were kind of bullish on the Saudi stuff are kind of missing right now. Like Phil. Yeah. Do you think that his injury is actually that bad where he's having to withdraw or there's something going on behind the scenes where he just needs a little bit of time away from the game? I think it's both. I mean, I think the longevity of his body and career might not be that great based on what he's done. Like I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physical trainer whatever, but I just don't think you know when you're having that kind of a wrist injury this early on like that's really not good so I don't know we'll see but I think he needs to kind of just chill a little bit I don't feel like that many people are missing Bryson to be honest kind of it's like when obviously Tiger was away we were still talking about Tiger so much and with Bryson we talked about him when he was in the news but he's been absent and no one has really been saying I miss Bryson. I wish Bryson was here. He really hasn't been a topic of discussion at all, um, which isn't, isn't good good for him. Mm -mm. No, that that is interesting because I really didn't hear that much. Like, gosh, I wish Bryson was here. Like even among the chatter of the fans um, at Bay Hill last week, um, media didn't really talk about Bryson not being there. Like it was just one of those things where everyone was just kind of like, expected and yeah I mean it would have been cool to see him drive you know every time I was on the sixth hole like I just kept picturing it and it you know what he would what he did because like what he did was incredible the line he took but you know the tournament um I think it would have been interesting with Bryson in it but I mean there's just his there's no way he could have played with his wrist with the rough you know so I think he made the right decision to not play are you seeing any new players emerge as fan favorites I mean Obviously, there's Max with his hole in one of the Arnold Palmer yeah, That round. was amazing. So I, I know, I, I know with with hole in ones that like you're supposed to like someone else's. You, they, the person who makes the hole one supposed to buy you a drink. So I see everyone tweeting Max like, send me money, whatever, blah blah blah. So I sent Max, I sent Max twenty dollars. I was like, you and Joe have a drink on me. Like I don't care when it is, just do. It. And he's like, no, no. And I think he tried to send it back, and I was like, no, like you're gonna be buying a lot of drinks. Just you're a nice guy. Just, enjoy it. And I just think it was funny. He probably thinks I have no idea how hole in ones work. And I do, or excuse me, holes in one. Like I do, but I just, I don't know. I just love Max. Like he's the kind of person it's like, here, just take my money. Speaking of Max and something that was very interesting, uh, they announced the PIP winner. Oh yes. Uh, yep. And very weird list. Bubba Watson was on the list. His TikTok? Like what? 
it was weird. Um, Max was notably missing, which I feel like he definitely should have been on the list. And we also had Phil Mickelson, who announced that he was the winner of the money, came in second to Tiger Woods. So it was really interesting. And for the first time ever, we saw Tiger Woods be shady on social media. He retweeted Phil's, quote tweeted Phil's announcement that he won and Tiger just said, whoops. So one of the best moments of golf Twitter that week. I mean, we never ever see tiger do anything like that Mm -hmm. and whether it was him or someone running his account they deserve a raise because that was so good and with that one tweet he won next year or this year as well no absolutely i mean it is like i get it like it but actually it was interesting when they put the list out and you could see everything that went into it so like google searches nielsen writing like all that stuff i was like oh wow that is really cool so on top of the social impressions but i do think that maybe they should make the pip so that the guys that do work really hard, like Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter and Max Homa, and actually speak with, you know, I feel like they should, you know, get some kind of shot at it because they do, they work really hard with the social media. But then the fact that Ricky Fowler, who's in every single commercial on television, wasn't in there was also really weird. And so, I don't know, it was, it was interesting. So it was internet searches, number of times a player's name is searched on the internet, self-explanatory, earned media, number of unique news articles that include a player's name, social media, so social media score that considers a player's reach, conversation, engagement, metrics, TV sponsor exposure, so duration of time that a player's sponsor logo appears on screen during Saturday or Sunday on a PGA Tour telecast, and awareness, a player's general awareness score among broad U.S. population. I don't remember seeing Bubba Watson on TV. I don't remember people talking about Bubba Watson. I, I I just don't get how he was on the list. I mean, maybe I really that don't understand light scope that. commercial plays every three minutes, but I don't know. Like I, that is weird. The Bubba thing was weird. And then I saw someone tweet something like, well, you obviously people who don't know why Bubba's on this list obviously aren't on TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not on TikTok because I have a life and I'm an adult. No, I'm just kidding. A lot of people like TikTok. I just, I personally I love TikTok. Like <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But I, I personally just don't like it. Like, it's just not my thing. So I don't know. But even if he's like on TikTok, like that doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. But well, I think Tiger's going to win this for as long yeah. as they're going to keep it going. I mean, there's no way. He posts one <laughs> swing video and he gets, I'm assuming, 20 million plus impressions yeah. just on that. And no one, no one can compete. So I have the full list here. It's Tiger Woods at number one. Number two is Phil Mickelson, which I agree with. He was constantly in the news. See, he was, yeah, um, he was someone, sorry to cut you off, he was someone that, like Lee Westwood and like um, Ian Poulter, who was always on Twitter, who was always using his social media, always doing that kind of stuff. He was doing those different matches. He was, he also, and then he won the PGA Championship, which was crazy. So I, I think Phil was rightfully number two on that list. I agree with that. And Another thing, too, it wasn't that he was just active on social media and you could tell someone else was doing it. You could tell he was on camera. He was taking Mm -hmm. the videos. He put so much time and effort into his social media presence, which I think is so great and something that a lot of golfers need to keep doing to continue to grow the game. I agree. We had Rory at number three. Which is... I'm a little, I'm on the fence about that one. I feel like he probably... And he says it. I mean, I guess he must kind of browse Instagram, but... 
Number four was Jordan Spieth, which I was surprised with. I thought he would be a little lower on the list, but I guess since it was his comeback year that everyone was talking about him, but he really doesn't have a social media presence. So that would be out of, I mean, he really didn't do anything there, but being on TV all the time, the commercials, people talking about him. Yeah. I I guess I could see that. So maybe I would move him up to, now that I'm thinking about it, I'd probably leave him at four, maybe move him up. But I think Bryson at number five should have been number three. Yeah, I agree. Because. Because he's the YouTube too. Yep. He was talked about a ton. He put so much time and effort into his social media. He's the only player, I think, who has an active YouTube account where he is going, he's doing behind the scenes videos. Despite what you think about Bryson, he does an amazing job with his social media. No, I agree. I think that that is really interesting. And yes, even that, but like you think of how many people just talk about Bryson. Like if you just search the word Bryson on Twitter, like it's just, it's all Bryson. Or if you just look up articles about Bryson, there's just tons out there. So that was, that was another one that was really, really surprising. Like I thought he would have been up there a little bit higher. I, I would have thought he would have, you know, if, if you had asked me to, do the top three last year, I would have said Bryson, either Phil or Brooks, and Tiger. Yeah, I would have moved Bryson to three for sure. And then we have Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, which had to be, I guess, in the list just because they're popular players. But Dustin really does very little – and he wasn't on TV or talked about all that much, to be honest. Yeah, he didn't play all that. I mean, he didn't play badly. He just kind of like, I think it was the end of 2020 that he was playing really well. And then he didn't really do anything going into last year. So I don't know. We have Brooks Kepka at number eight, which is big slate. I, he yeah. should have been way higher, yeah. especially with all of that drama he had with Bryson. And always being kind of in the mix like he was in the mix a lot in tournaments mm-hmm. and he was talked about he does well with social media especially his twitter is a good follow i i don't know why he's eight i don't know why he's below dust no i agree that is just not right no, i agree <laughs> we have john rom at nine i'm like on the fence about that i really you know, have no opinion on john rom as like a good follow yeah, i thought he was actually going to be a lot higher just because like we had the you know he had to pull out of the tournament like he oh, um yeah. he won the u.s open just the run he had where he like didn't holy shit that was last year yeah that's crazy doesn't it feel like i have like no sense of time i know no i know it's been insane so it's it was just like i think you know with all that you thought he really would have done more but i guess because he, he only got only quote unquote only got the one win so i don't know but you would think because everyone was talking about him so i think he should have been higher on that list too but yeah and even with the whole callaway move that was big news at the beginning oh, of the yeah. year for him like he did a lot oh my god and they had the baby <laughs> and now they're having another baby like they've had a whirlwind like eight months Okay, John Rom, let's go. I had I just literally forgot about all of that. So I do too most of the time and like like wasn't the players too where he he like fucked up and then had the temper tantrum? Was that last players? See, I don't I don't even remember. I mean I For I, some tournament here he was like in the bunker and he was like, I'm gonna go for it and then he hit it. I don't it know. It might have been. I genuinely year? forget. Everything kind of like runs together at this point. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, number 10 on the list, coming in, last but Bubba Watson. Out of left field. 
Yeah, not not agreeing with that. It would have been great to see a young up and coming player like Max Homa who puts a lot of effort yeah. into their social media, who has been talked about a lot. Had the win at Riviera, which was huge. He had the podcast, which yeah. was uh, massive. And then it was good enough for him to get a spot on the Netflix doc that is going to be coming up soon. So he he should have been on the list for sure. Sorry, what what were Bubba's metric or what did Bubba finish in the different categories? Hey, look. So, um, Baba was 23rd in Google. That surprises me even, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 30 seconds in, what the hell is Meltwater? I can't even read these things. <laughs> I think like they like made them difficult just so people would be like, oh yes, Meltwater. I know exactly what they're talking about. What is that? Their their Nielsen score was fifty one. His Q score was three, and his MVP index was one. Yeah, what what was the MVP index? What the fuck? I don't know. That, I because I remembered he was number one in one of the categories, and I was like, what? That's wild. I'm so dumb. Do you ever look at something and you're like, I am actually like a dumb person all the time. I know very little about everything in life mm -hmm. yeah like literally my my entire existence <laughs> like what what i don't really want to read all of this stuff and i do this like for a living i should know these things i feel like it was my fault i was like yeah tell me about the metrics page and then you were like okay bitch you could have just pulled it up yourself and done it but i didn't and here we are oh my god I'm such a dumbass like what I don't know how to read any of that stuff it was, yeah I, that... I'm looking at it like yeah no okay we're gonna take a break from that while our brains completely <laughs> get back to normal and we come back we're gonna do some T and A Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So we are back and we have some TNA today. The first question is, what's the best way to gap your wedges? It's a good question. I think that is personal preference. I have had different gaps throughout my career. I've had a 60 degree wedge, a 56, a 52, and a 48. I've also had a 58, a 54, a 52 and a 48. So that is the gap that I feel most comfortable with now. And that's what I play with. I never liked having a 60 degree wedge. I felt that it spun too much for me. And especially on the conditions that I'm playing, I don't really need a wedge that spins that much. And I feel that it's actually a difficult club to be able to use, especially on tight lies. Mm -hmm. And most people don't have the correct bounce, which is really important. So it's less about loft and more about the bounce that you're using for the conditions that you have. But I I think that using a 58 is actually better for me. I can work it a lot better. I can hit lower. I can hit higher. Gaps out well with all of my irons, but it really is go from your driver all the way down and the wedges should gap out from your nine iron to your pitching wedge into the rest of your wedges. So I think that's a little bit more important, but when it comes to your highest lofted club, you don't need a 60. I think like a 58 is sufficient for a lot of people and actually be easier to hit. But again, it's more about the bounce and less about the loft when it comes to your wedges. Amanda, what's your, what's your gap? Yeah. So I actually do, um, I use a 60 in the sand and you're right. It it is a little bit harder to hit off the turf because of the bounce on it, but I, I use 60, 56 and 52. Um, I used to have a 48 in the bag, but then I realized I actually prefer like the 47. That is mm. just the P the pitching the wedge pitching that comes wedge, yeah. with my, that came with my title list set. I've been using that since I played AP twos and now I'm played the, uh, TS ones, um, or the, oh yeah. T 100 S those are the irons I play. Um, sorry, my shoulders are messed up. So I haven't played much last few months, but yeah, I, I like the, the pitching wedge that comes in this set. Cause I like to kind of be able to hit that like more of an iron. Um, but yeah, I agree Paige. I, I liked using my pitching wedge when I was playing more like a blade type, but now I have these big clunkers the game improvements. Oh, hell yeah. I don't play anymore. I'm like, I want to be able to hit it anywhere on the face and I want that bad boy to fly. <laughs> and so when I look down at this like pitching wedge, it's literally yeah. like, it's massive. Yeah. There's this massive club. And so around the greens, it was hard for me to hit these like little bump and runs. Cause I, I don't like hitting bump and runs with a nine or an eight iron mm. or even a seven. I like the highest club that I'll use or lowest, whatever you, you want to call it would be the, my 48 or my pitching wedge. And so when I'm looking down, I like for it to look more like a wedge compared to, you know, this huge clunker that I have that I yeah. <laughs> for all my irons. <laughs> I don't blame you there. Um, this one's for me. It says top choice for Steelers quarterback. Honestly, I have no idea where they're going to go, the direction that they're going to go. I will just say that I hope it's not Mason Rudolph. I don't think that he is our franchise quarterback there. It's really interesting. So there's 
going to be a lot of shakeups, I think, with the quarterback situations across the league. And people are saying that Aaron Rodgers is potentially an option. Russell Wilson is potentially an option. So there are a lot of people who are in the mix. I hope that they just draft a good quarterback coming out of college. I love the Pitt quarterback. I think he's great. I think he'd be a great fit for our team. But uh, we'll see. You never know with them. And I'm just glad it's not Big Ben. I don't think I could do another season with him being our quarterback. So there. There it is. (laughs) Okay. Favorite PGA tournament that's not a major? Good question. You go first. Okay. I would say... The Phoenix Open is a really fun event. I think that's something that is very different than all other PGA Tour events. It's so much fun. If you like golf, you don't like golf, you can go and have a really great time. I would say it's not kid-friendly, and so if you want to bring your family out to a tour event, I would not recommend the Phoenix Open, at least on a Friday or a Saturday. Sunday, it's awesome. If you don't like crowds, also maybe not the event for you, but I just think that one is so much fun. It is the most laid back event. You don't have to know any rules. You don't have to even know the game. You can go out there and have a good time and no one's going to yell at you. You're not going to get in trouble. Like it just, again, has this really laid back feel, which I really like. So I would say that one is one of my favorites. And then the Byron Nelson, I think they do a really good job. It's another like kind of fun party atmosphere, but it is not as crazy as the Phoenix Open. And so if you want like kind of like a stepping stone tournament to get to the Phoenix Open, the Byron Nelson would be one that I would say definitely go to. Riviera Genesis Mm -hmm. is also really great. Has like this cool Cali feel. Obviously Tiger's the host. The course is sick. It's so incredible. It's one of the most beautiful golf courses. Um, Good area. AT&T at Pebble is also really fun. Just as like, a fun family trip that would be one that I would go to because in Monterey it's just incredible so those are probably my four favorites do you have any others <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just like going I'm going <laughs> like I'm just going down the entire tournament list right yeah, now I'm like literally think of- but those are all really good events Riviera's <laughs> Pebble like those all cross my mind I would say like from just kind of a spectator point of view and like a nostalgia, I would say the Honda because like I remember it would always kind of remind me of the, you know, spring starting and always be like the first week of February or last week of February, first week of March, excuse me. So it kind of remind me of like spring and like the third trimester of, of school growing up. And I don't know, I just that that one kind of gives me all the nostalgia feels. I don't think anyone would agree with the Honda. What's your next one? Ah, that's fine. No one has to agree with it. Well, the CJ Cup when it was at um, Shingle Creek was incredible. Or Shadow Shadow Creek. Where was it? I can't even remember right now. Whatever. The, it's Shadow Creek, right? Yeah. Okay, Shadow, Shadow Creek. Creek. The CJ Cup out there was really fun. And that was just, that was just a fun week. Okay, I I agree with that one. We'll keep that answer. (laughs) The Honda Classic, though, I maybe again, I'm just not a Florida girl. Let you have your moment. Thank you. Okay, advice. This is a good one. Advice for someone shy asking a girl out. So I would say go to a place where you can meet someone in person. I'm I'm not against it, but I do think making a 
personal connection with someone not online or through like a dating app or through a DM is actually a very cute way to meet someone because it doesn't happen that often anymore. You think about like how you're meeting people and it's through dating apps. It's through, which is fine, Mm -hmm. totally fine. But I think there's something special about going up to someone in person and making that connection and asking them out. I think it's really cute. Maybe not at a bar. I think go to a place that you have a common interest. So maybe it's you're a creative person. Go to a painting class. If you love sports, you can meet someone at Hidden Secret for girls looking for guys. Go to golf tournaments. You're going to find so many eligible bachelors at golf tournaments. But for guys, it's like go to a coffee shop. Go to places that you find someone and maybe you see them over and over again. But I think the best way is just to be upfront about it. I think, again, because everything is online, girls are craving that personal connection and being asked out in person is Mm -hmm. really cute. And so just kind of build that courage to go up and ask them out. And if they say no, you gave it a shot. Don't get down on yourself. And if they said no, then they're not someone you want to go out with anyways. Um, So yeah, I think... I don't know if I gave any good advice. No, there. that was good advice. I, okay. I think that was good advice. Yeah. I feel if you're shy, the worst advice ever would be like, go ask someone out in person. Yeah. Well, that, that too. And you did kind of say that. But yeah, that, go on a dating app, find other shy people. Just do it. I mean, the worst thing anyone can say is no. So yeah, you just got to put yourself out yeah. there continuously and see what hits, see what sticks. Yeah. And I keep going for it. How do you like to be asked out? I don't know. It just kind of depends. Like, if I'm vibing with a guy, just be like, want to grab dinner later? Sure. I don't know. I don't know. It's always really awkward, like, being courted via text message. I don't know. Right. Because then, do you like talking on the phone? Do you like when you're talking to someone new and they call you? I don't really like, I don't like talking on the phone. I'd rather text, but... So you can't be courted through text and you don't want to be called. Like, I mean, like, so it's I like, like a- to get to know people, like, in person. And then I guess you can court me via text. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> I'm just going to be lonely forever. But it's okay. It's okay. I have my dog. But she's no, old, no, so I don't know. I'm sure this I'm sure this shy guy was asking me advice to ask you out. You're probably going to get a DM from some random guy and be like, hey, I listened to Paige's advice and we're going to go out on a date. Oh, run the other way, sir. Run the other way. <laughs> well, those were great questions. Thank you guys so much for sending them in. If you want to send in more questions, you can email us at par at iheartradio.com or you can DM us at the Playing Around Instagram account, which is just playing around. We love hearing from you guys. We love answering your questions. So thank you guys so much for listening today. Amanda, as always, thank you for all of your insight and golf knowledge and all of your amazing stories. And I can't wait to catch you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! 
and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.